Welcome to episode 51 of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. Take four. I am Dylan Waugh. I am Ken's sidekick. I am the David Spade to Ken's Chris Farley, although body shape wise, might go the other way. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about, well, uh, a whole lot of stuff, including some trade deadline talk and talk about Bruce Boudreaux, the state of the NHL, Gary Bettman's astounding comments. Check us out on Twitter at Hockey No Filter. Okay, Bettman has become like, you remember that press secretary during the beginning of like uh, Trump's administration that had to like go out and make these outrageous claims yeah. that were just so verifiably false? We had the biggest <laughs> crowd ever. Kelly Conway. Right, yeah. That's Bettman. Because first he says, he's, or he's like John Lovett's lying guy. He's like, he's like, People don't hate the the digital boards. As a matter of fact, they love yeah, them. Yeah, they love them. They love them even more. It's even better for hockey. Like it's incredible. And now to say that there's no tank, there's no tanking. Okay, well that was a preview. How's it going, Ken? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. So let's get back to your comments about Gary Bettman. Let's hear it. It's very incongruous with what Bar- with, with what Gary Bettman has been saying incongruous incongruous with what Gary Bettman has been saying um well no it's not i mean the state of the nhl is not what it, he has always said he's always trumpeted parity you know parity 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 there's so much parity any team can beat any other team you know any anybody can you know the, everybody's in it until the end and everything well this year they're not i think that the okay? trouble is that we have not been reading it we've been hearing him speak what he's saying is, is that he's out there making a parody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Well, I don't, I, I agree with him on one point. Okay. I agree with him that teams and coaches don't tank. Tanking is not something you do from game to game. Yes, I it's agree. A, tanking is an organizational philosophy. Right. It's an organizational direction and it's a roster construction issue. That's what it is. Correct. That's what tanking is. Yeah. But from game to game, like, does Chicago Blackhawks go into every game wanting to win? Does Luke Richardson and all of those players go into every game wanting to win? Damn straight they do. Yeah. Do the Columbus Blue Jackets want to win every game? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Columbus Blue Jackets did not go out and get Johnny Goudreau in order to tank this year. Yeah. You know, the Anaheim Ducks did not go out and get John Klingberg in order to tank this year. Mm-hmm. They're just bad teams. Yeah. Which is why I hope Columbus or Anaheim wins the lottery. Right. You know, because Chicago and Arizona, like, hold my beer. I mean, they are tanking. They're tanking. Yeah. And they are going to tank more. Like, Mm -hmm. at the trade deadline, Chicago's probably going to trade Sam Lafferty, Max Domi, Patrick Kane, and possibly Jonathan Taves. Like, what a fire sale that's going to be. And what a, what a, what a fire drill that's going to be in every game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, Bettman's right. Like, and, and the way he phrased it, he was absolutely right. It players and teams and coaches do not tank. Mm-hmm. General managers tank. Yeah. Sometimes coaches tank. I think, I think that in 2014, 15, when the Toronto Maple Leafs finished last overall and got Austin Matthews, I firmly believe that Mike Babcock was on board with the tank. Really? I do. I do. And I'll tell you why. I was at a game once, and I don't know if you know Jimmy Dovolano. No. 
the uh, the he he's he's vice president of um, the Detroit Red Wings, and he's he was one of the architects of of uh, of the New York Islanders Stanley Cups and of the Detroit Red Wings Stanley Cups. I'm a super hockey man through and through, right? Right. So he's sitting in the press box at a game, and I'm like, Jimmy, they're tanking, and he goes. Well, Kenny, I don't know. I don't think that's really Mike Babcock's way of doing things. I just don't think that Mike Babcock has it in him. That's my impression of Jimmy Devilano. It, it's, I'm, it's sure it's, not, I'm sure it's, it's not bad if you know him. It's actually not bad. Yeah. And, and then, so I, so as we're having that conversation, I'm leaning over and he's sitting in the press box and I'm talking to him and I said, Hey, Jimmy, if that's the case, why is Byron Fraze out on the first power play? And he goes, <laughs> You got me there, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. But play for the most part, coaches don't tank. Yeah. You know, Andre Tourney, no way that guy's tanking. In fact, I talked to someone with the Arizona Coyotes, and he goes, Andre Tourney still has them believing there's a Santa Claus. In other words, he still has them <laughs> believing that it's it's worth, you know, playing hard. Well, the idea of tanking and 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 you you were just speaking about the Arizona Coyotes no better example than at the beginning of the season when someone from the Coyotes it wasn't chicken because he was still hurt Nick uh, Schmaltz was hurt what who Clayton Keller maybe yeah anyways basically came out and said like like yeah everybody expects us to tank and be a bottom dweller but like we're not getting that memo it was Shane, Shane Gossesbear said Shane Gossesbear said, said it, it to yes. me, yeah he said it to me and and a couple other guys Christian Fisher was really good about it too yeah and like he's like and, and basically they said we know that this is a tank right we, we know it we know we what know the it. intention is we here. know what the intention is here we know what's going on but we are not you know we're not complicit in this there's you a know? little bit of an us versus them mentality and, with the leadership yeah, yeah. That. well not not i don't think it's adversarial i don't think it's adversarial at all at all i think i think they know the you players. don't think it's adversarial if if you're if you're in that dressing room and your best buddy gets traded away simply because god forbid he helped win you games you don't think that you're sitting there and, and you're throwing darts at a picture of the general manager's face? No, because you know what you know what's going on. I guess you know what's going on. I guess you know it. You've been told it's it, you know, but yeah, but, but that'd be like that'd be like saying to somebody like it's like I know I'm going to get punched. Does it hurt, not hurt getting punched now that I know? Well, I mean, if you can brace yourself a little bit for it, tell that to Houdini. Didn't we have that conversation we, last we week? We literally had that conversation <laughs> last week. Yeah. So no, yeah. but but to me, um. It, yeah, I I was really actually going to say something very very insightful. Oh, I'm sorry, and I just forgot. It's my fault. I forgot. It's my fault. Yeah. I should be a better. But sidekick. oh, here's what I want to say. 2017. Before you get to that, no, I'm just kidding. Go. 2017, 2016, 17. Yeah, I'm in Buffalo. Right. Buffalo is were they play- tanking then? Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. There was this McDavid guy they were thinking about. Yeah, it's maybe the most notorious tank, or one of the most notorious yeah, of all time. Yeah. yeah. So Buffalo and Arizona are playing that night. Okay. Yeah. I'm the, I'm I'm at the game. Goes into overtime. Arizona scores. Mm-hmm. The place goes bonkers. Yeah. Everybody's up and yay, they're cheering and they're happy and everything. Yeah. And, but you think about that. 
So if you're part of the Arizona Coyotes organization, then yeah, like you win that game, you get the extra point. You probably didn't want it. Like you miss out on Connor McDavid. I mean, that you point. miss out on Connor McDavid. Like, yeah, like imagine, imagine what the NHL would look like right now if Connor McDavid had ended up in Arizona instead of Edmonton. Yeah, you know, I mean, these this is a franchise changing player. Jacob it's, was the GM of Arizona at the time. He was, I believe he was. Yeah, yeah. It, maybe this, that would have convinced him to not be such a douche. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, no, he I could have changed him. I, I, no, but but I but I I just. Oh, you mean Jacob being a douche or McDavid being Jacob. a douche? Okay, not good. McDavid. Good. Um, McDavid's a robot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think he's gotten a lot better. Yeah. But but you know what? I mean, right now, with this year, you know what you're tanking for is significant. Yeah. Even if you don't get the first pick. Oh yeah. Even if you don't get the first pick. Even if you get the second pick and you pick Adam Fantilli, There's or you get the third where- pick and you pick Matt Matt Vaymichkov, who I think like. So what if you got to wait four years for him? Big deal. The Minnesota Wild waited five years for Kirill Kaprizov. Five yeah. years. Yeah, they waited for him. Yeah, I think they're probably was sitting that there going, it? "Yeah, it's probably worth the wait." <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Is like, there's a world where Matvey Mitchkov falls to five. Yeah, because of the wait, and mm-hmm. and so even five, six, maybe. Well, if you're a team with two lottery picks and Montreal Canadiens, <laughs> I remember like. I, I had for uh, for a few years my my draft uh, tradition was I got on my motorcycle and I put the draft on in my Bluetooth headset and I went for a long ride around the countryside and listened to the draft happen. It was very cool. Oh wow! Is is it happened sort of by accident once? Like I didn't get home in time and so I turned on the draft <laughs> and I was like, you know, this is how I'm gonna because you don't really need to watch the draft. No, but radio is perfect for the draft, right? When you uh, lucky you weren't there, the the lucky you weren't driving around the year that. Uh, Two years ago, when the Canadians picked Logan Mayu, you might have like draw, like like driven right off the road into a ditch. Yeah, it was at that moment that I drove off the cliff and ended it all. <laughs> but uh, no, but I was riding when when Montreal picked Cole Caulfield, mm-hmm. and you know, like the whole time I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. And then Florida picked Spencer Knight, and I'm like, maybe there's a way. And then Montreal getting Caulfield at 15. This is what I'm saying is that, like, I'm not a draft expert. I've never professed to be. My my eye that I keep on minor, uh, on uh, major minor sports and stuff like that is, you know, more than the average, less than the expert. Yeah, well, you're, and you're dealing with 12-year-olds. Well, you're talking about my time. coaching. You're talking about my yeah, direct yeah, yeah, involvement. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about, like, in terms of right. like, my right. watch on right. prospects is, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, like... You know, this year's draft, there's, you know, there's there's five or six potentially franchise-changing mm-hmm. sort of guys. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So even if you don't, even if you even if you lose the first lottery, yeah, you know, and you win the second one, and you, you're second, and, or you're third. Yeah. I mean, you're still getting a, a, a player who it can be an enormous, enormous part of your future. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, I, like... Like I said, I, I just with with Gary Bettman, what he said, I, I Gary Bettman chooses his words very carefully. What exactly did he say? Can I quote Arrested Development here? No, I'm going to. He's a lawyer, Ken. That's <laughs> Latin for liar. <laughs> OK, so Gary Bettman tanking. No, he does choose his words cautiously. 
he he chooses his he chooses his syllables cautiously. There is no definitive proof between CTE and concussions. Yeah. Sure. 99.999% is technically not definitive. <laughs> but it's pretty darn close if you ask okay, me. Okay, so nobody Okay, so what he said was nobody tanks because we have a weighted lottery. You're not going to lose games to increase your odds by a couple of percentage points. That's silly. And frankly, suggesting tanking, I believe, is inconsistent with the professionalism that our players and coaches have. Nobody tanks. Nowhere in there did he mention a GM. He did say nobody, though. Yeah. 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 As in who's okay. better than bad boy. What? <laughs> Another very significant but I, reference. I, but I yes. actually do. I actually do agree with him that that game to game there is no tank no tanking, you don't walk out is organizational and it's and it's roster construction yeah that's what it is yeah i agree with you yeah yeah nobody walks out on the ice and tanks no you don't this is what this is what bothers me sometimes when people like you and i and other people in media try to put ourselves into the mindset of an nhler mm-hmm. sometimes you can do it but oftentimes it's sort of like you don't understand like the the single the singleness mindset of winning and being the best has dominated this person's life since yeah. birth. Yeah. Nine out of ten times. Yeah. Not every single time. I've met some NHLers that are very some, laid back fellas. Yeah, there's some that just have a lot of talent and just kind of Yeah. Oh well we won, yay, but really, you know, winning's not totally necessary. Yeah. So yeah. I've there's there's definitely some that have laid back attitudes, but I'm just saying that like this is to make it to the top sport in the world. Yeah. You've got to be talented. <laughs> you've got to be physically gifted and you've got to be driven, delusional driven. Yeah. Delusional too. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. and just one last thing about the lottery. Okay. It. It's not rigged. It has what? never been rigged. It is not rigged. <laughs> and, and I mean, no one will ever convince me otherwise. If the NHL was rigging lottery, Connor McDavid would not have ended up in Edmonton. So no chance. There was it a- is not rigged, and and just because your team didn't get a guy, and just because Edmonton keeps getting top top picks mm-hmm. every year, and and these things happen, it is not rigged. There was a a sports commentator. I forget who. And this is like uh, ten years ago now. So hopefully they don't mind that I'm not. <laughs> Crediting them for some very obsolete information. But there was a big thing happening at the time about the NFL being potentially rigged. Hey, hockey fans, welcome to DraftKings. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a thing about the NFL being potentially rigged. And um, what this commentator said, and I just thought it was so cogent, which is that he said, right now the NFL is an unkillable organization. The owners and everybody involved in it is making money hand over fist. Mm-hmm. Concussions? Doesn't matter. CTE doesn't matter. Gun violence doesn't matter. None of that was touching the NFL's bottom line and right. ability to make money. Right. The only thing that they could do to not make money is to rig games. Is to rig games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the. So only are they going to do that? So why no. would they do that? It's not even in their interest, right? To do that, right? And so right. that's kind of how I feel about the lot, the draft lottery as well, which is like the the cost risk analysis of rigging a draft lottery. Yeah. If that gets out somehow. See, it's yeah. astronomical. Yeah, it would be it would be it would be a killing blow. Gary Bettman's been the, the head of the NHL, the president of, of the NHL for thirty 
years. He wants to go out on his own terms. Yeah. And I like I never I do not ever ever question the integrity of the NHL. I never have. I've been very critical about a lot of things in the NHL. I've never questioned their co- their competitive integrity. Oh, okay, okay. Ever. Competitive integrity. Ever. Like, I, I think... Now you're think, picking your words carefully. Yeah, yeah. No, but <laughs> but I think... Like, I think that, that there are... That that refereeing right now is substandard. Yeah. I think in, in many cases, it's substandard. It's not good enough. Yeah. It's not good enough. And whether, that, whether or not that's because they don't have good enough officials, which I don't think it is, or... They're under directions to call the game a certain way, which I think it is. I think it's that too. Um, they're, they're, I never, I would never, ever, ever accuse an official of being biased against a team or a player or a coach or anything. No. You know, and and I and I and and you know, for everything that I criticize the NHL about, I have the utmost respect for Gary Bettman's integrity. Like he has nothing if not, you know filled with integrity from that from that tense from that standpoint he's full of something yeah well (laughs) i i i yeah i think that your word integrity um i think that it's a very specific thing here because i just like i guess yeah i i have i have little to no time for somebody who's just shown such a flagrant disregard for the health and safety of his employees, essentially. Right. You know, as for so long. And, uh, and it's not to say that there's, there's things that I don't like about what Batman's doing, but um, like, I, I hear what you're saying in terms of what you're defining as integrity here. Yeah. Competitive. But, integrity. Uh, yeah, yeah. Competitive yeah. integrity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, it's, it's, <laughs> It's like alarm bells are going off in my head. It's like hard <laughs> to hear Gary Bettman integrity without going full fledged millennial on you. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I hear what you're saying and I would agree with you on that narrow definition of integrity. Okay. Yeah. Okay. On a broader definition, I'll leave it there. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Shall we talk about Boudreaux? Yep. So Boudreaux. Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce Boudreaux. Bruce Boudreaux uh, was the first to start a 6 nothing avalanche against Jim Rutherford in 77. March something, 1977. And goalies never forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep that in mind, Ken. If you ever wrong me, you slight me in some way. Right. Yeah. Okay. Could take years. All right. But yep. goalies never forget. Right. Yeah. Um, so tell me, just... Just overview. I don't know if we need to explain what's happened in yeah. Vancouver because I think yeah, probably no, I th- everybody and their and their brother knows about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Tell me your thoughts on it. Uh, my thoughts on it are that um, Jim Rutherford had every right to fire Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah. Um, based on their performance this year, they underperformed. Yeah. You know they they were not as good as people thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. They're young players. I mean, put goals in and both Hoaglander are both in the minors right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of their young players didn't didn't progress the way that they thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, their goaltending has been not good, and and we all know that that's. But but I think even Bruce Boudreau knows that when things don't go well, whether it's merited or not, that's one of the things that that almost always happens is the coach gets fired. 
right? Yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, that's a okay. par for the course. He's been fired before, and with any luck, he'll be fired again. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not sure he will be. I, I yeah, I, I never say never with coaching because you know, I mean, I was astounded at how at how many recycled guys got jobs this year, and how many recycled guys are doing great. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. like Rick Bonus, Paul Maurice, Paul, <laughs> <laughs> no, but Rick Bonus, yeah. Uh, Peter DeBoer, yeah, Jim, uh, not Jim Montgomery, but um, um, uh, Bruce Cassidy, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, these guys. Uh, Jim uh, Montgomery as well could go on that list. I guess. I mean, he's kind of been out for a while. And now he's back in. Yeah, yeah. But you know, Pete DeBoer, guys like that. Like, I mean, that you know, tell me those fans aren't happy that they've got the coaches they've got. Yeah, 100%. right. So, anyways, I mean, he had every right to fire him, but it, it just was. It was just. Speaking of integrity, it was just handled in the worst possible way. And and what surprises me is that is that Jim Rutherford handled it the way he did. Because either way, it does it's not a good look on him. If if he had all of the all of the autonomy to do what he wanted and he chose to 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 address the situation the way he did, mm-hmm. then it's not a good look. If he didn't, and ownership is meddling and wouldn't allow him to do what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it, as as has been suggested, and as may By very me as well, may, well, yeah. yeah, as may very well be the case, yeah, then, um, you know, I, I mean, then you 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 have to kind of look at at the situation with the owner and go, well, what are you hiring me for if you're not allowing me to to you know to um to make decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, and I get that you're still paying Travis Green and yeah. I get that you're going to have to pay Bruce Boudreaux now. And I get now that you're going to have to you're going to have to pay uh, Rick Tockett. Mm-hmm. I get that. But, you know, I mean, uh, it doesn't it doesn't explain or excuse the way it was handled, even no. if ownership was meddling, um, you know, then then uh if ownership's meddling, then you just you just keep quiet, you know. Or you know you don't you, you don't talk about Patrick Alvine talking about the culture that they want to establish there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, okay, so doesn't it start at the top with management, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. and it, and we know it does. Yeah, we know it always does. Yeah, like how do you get? How would a, how would you feel if you're a, a free agent, possibly a free agent? Yeah. I so just in my own little world, I've got a team and I got hired by the team, not by the goalies. That's right. a, that's a, a distinction. Okay. Oftentimes parents say we've got the goalie coach that we want to use. Okay. And they bring me into the team. This is different. This is the team brought me in because okay. the goalies were struggling. Okay. Now, midway through the season, the goalies got a lot better, but they're still they're skipping practices and they're you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so the coach said to me, Do you have any other goalies? Now I've got goalies that I train for private lessons that are better than these goalies, and it would be nothing but benefit to me. I'd look like an all-star with the team. I'd look like an all-star with these goalies to bring those goalies into that situation. But my response to the coach was, I said, "Look, if you're considering other goaltenders, that's fine. I've got goalies for you that are in the age group and will want to play. But there's a right way and a wrong way to go about this." Right. And right. and that's and and I said, "You got to have a meeting with the goalies, with the parents of the goalies." And and lay out what your thinking is once you're ready to make that step. Once you are, 
you know, I like it's it's brutal because it's children. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's, you know, it's high competitive. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So but there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. And and this is what it kind of comes down to when those rumors started to leak and they got verified that basically Boudreaux was out and talk it was in. You, even if you're even if you haven't finished the deal with talk it, you, you ask Boudreaux. Yeah. And you have an interim coach. Yeah. 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 You go with Mike Yo. you know, for, right. the, for the rest of the year, if necessary. Right. You know, but even yeah, even if it's just it's just not right. And I think that lost in this discussion Obviously, a big part of this has been the Bruce there it is for yeah. his last game. Yeah. But lost in this is the fact that Vancouver fans are so notoriously hard on their management and their coaches and their players. Yeah. And they t- they t- they say Toronto is like, like. No, Vancouver's maybe yeah, the I, worst. Oh, Ma- Vancouver's way more, way harder. But my point than, is, is that the media in Toronto, the Vancouver fans supported Bruce Boudreaux. Right out the door. Well, they supported him until he they they saw he was getting screwed. I think I I don't think a lot of them. Uh, I think there were a lot of them that thought that he he, um, he he should he should have been fired. That's fine. And, and I think I think I think the sentiment turned when they saw how badly he was getting screwed. That's fine. But what I'm saying is is that you as the Vancouver Canucks organization, how bad have you screwed it? The fact that people are siding with your scapegoat. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. That's what exactly. I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say is that yeah. those Vancouver fans that if you if you go, look, the, the problem is coaching and we're going to change the coaching and everything's going to be great. They often, you know, take that hook, line and sinker and like, you know, they're one of the more bloodthirsty groups for people getting fired. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you just replaced the whole front office like a week ago. Right. Seemingly, you know, and and they. They sided with your scapegoat. Yeah, like that's. I think that that's not insignificant. I think that that's very significant, and I think it's significant to Boudreaux. It's one thing to to win over the fans of a regular organization, but you're talking about the Vancouver Canucks. If they realize that you've been screwed, and and they're willing to side with you, that's not a group that tends to side with any for, form of management. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the worst thing to happen to a team, like I think that I think when you've hit bottom, yeah. Is when somebody throws a sweater on the ice. Yeah, I think that's when you've hit bottom or waffles for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> but but that happened last night. That's a delicious way to hit bottom. Yeah. yeah. No, but, but somebody threw a sweater on the ice last night. Did they? Yep. I didn't see yep. that. Yeah. Um, and I think the other takeaway for me is sorry, that's not true. When you've hit bottom, is when somebody leaves a sweater and a note at the foot of your front door. <laughs> As in the case after the PK Subban trade. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Somebody left like a sweater and a handwritten note about how disappointed he was okay. and, and never wanted to side with his team again. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, just to say that there's a lower. Yeah. Uh, there's a lower. But thing that, to this, go. that yeah. one's way more. This one's the one I'm talking about is way more public, right? Yeah. Um, and and I think that the other takeaway is is that like they hired Bruce Boudreaux. Then they hired Jim Rutherford and Jim Rutherford hired Patrick Alvin. And then they hired Emily Castlegay and Cameron Granado and all of, all of that, that Was there somebody group. else in that mix that we're missing here in terms of management's mistreating? Oh geez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yes, yes. Uh, well, we'll find out. I mean, there's a. Th- that, I mean, that's that's really bad too because they they had a statistical. Uh, per, they had a person in their analytics department, Rachel Dury, who yeah. was fired and now has a human rights case against the uh, against the organization. Yeah. But to me, like this, this just sort of drives home the point that it just so rarely works mm. when the coach is not hired by the general manager. Right. You know what I mean? It yeah. seems to be, it's actually seems to be working in Minnesota. You yeah. know, Bill Guerin came in after Dean Evison and he like there, I don't think there's been any hint that Dean Evison is going to lose his job. Yeah. Uh, and there, ha- there has never been. And I think after the first year when they didn't make the playoffs, Guerin said, I, I really like Dean. I want to give him a chance. So, I mean, it doesn't always not work, but it just, to me, it just seems like, you know, you're Jim Rutherford. You've been in the game for 163 years. You know, like you've Pittsburgh got also what's that Pittsburgh also another one where it works that the GM did not hire the coach. Mike Sullivan, Mike Sullivan, Jim Rutherford hired Mike Sullivan, if I'm not mistaken. And Jim Rutherford was the GM. Correct. Oh yeah, yeah, but I see. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, Ron Hexton. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is that is that, you know, this guy's been involved in hockey for so long, he knows so many people. He's got his guys, you know, especially with a guy who's got his guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just makes it so easy to just turn back to that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Rick Tockett mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. But to me, it just it just doesn't seem to work when you don't when you're not simpatico that way. Yeah, I mean, what you're basically saying is a is a larger issue with hockey culture as a whole. And sort of ironically, what Vancouver in the offseason seemed to be getting away from with even the hiring of Patrick Alvine right, and the right. hiring of Emily Castellay. Well, yeah, but Patrick Alvine was worked for Jimmy in Pittsburgh. He was the assistant GM in Pittsburgh. So there's that familiarity. That's true. And yeah. it happens in hockey more than anything else. Like, like it's so funny because when, when a team is looking for a coach yeah, or somebody's looking for someone, the first thing anybody goes to is, oh, okay, well, he has a relationship with this guy, and so that guy's going to be considered. And, oh, this guy, he played with this guy, and he coached with this guy, and he had success with this guy. He and, got and lit so, up by yeah, this guy. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's very, very, it's very, very seldom that, you know, you have Brandon Shanahan going out and hiring Kyle Dubas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I say it again. You you know that you botched it when your fans are siding with Boudreaux. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the only other thing that I'll say about that actually is, uh, in in essence, Boudreaux did what they wanted him to do, which is that. Patterson was looking like he was washed before Boudreaux walked mm-hmm. in. Yep. Right? Hughes was looking fine. And, uh, you know, but Boudreaux brought out of Patterson, Hughes, JT Miller, and Bo Horvat, he, he brought out of them what they wanted. They wanted to know that their stars were stars. And, yes, you're right. Hoaglander is in the AHL. And... Um, uh, Moritz Sider, not Moritz Sider, um, Pod Colson. Pod Colson. Yep. Sorry. How did you mix those <laughs> I guys up? don't know. A defenseman for Detroit. At least I caught myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pod Colson is also in, in the minors. It's not ideal, but 
I guess my point is is that he did what they wanted. Did he though? They're a bad team. They were a bad team last year, and they're a worse team this year. Okay, can you I know, say one last and, thing? And they may have priced they may, Bo Horvat's priced himself out of town. <laughs> you know? That's Bruce's middle finger yeah, on yeah, his way yeah, out the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, great job, guys. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can't afford your captain. Last thing, remember what I said in the offseason? Vancouver Canucks had the league's best five versus five save percentage, combined save percentage for their goaltending. They probably got near the worst now. Second worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show me a good goalie. I'm not saying look no further, but don't look much further. Yeah, yeah, but but don't 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 look. It's not don't look further. It's just don't ignore that. <laughs> the thing is, is that it's so. The, the more that I've like dealing with it, even from a, a minor league level in the GTHL, even from that, the 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 relationship and the simpatico that has to exist between the goalie and the rest of the team, it's like. It's just one of these classic things where it's like uh, it's like the defense is making mistakes because they don't trust the goalie, but then the goalie's making mistakes because they don't trust the defense. And mm-hmm. it's just like there's got to be a way to reset that relationship. And I've walked into teams where that's the first thing I've said. So your goalies are fine, your defense is fine, but they've got to find a way to reset. Right. And, and if that's a pizza dinner, then that's a pizza dinner or something like right. you know what I mean. Right. Right. And right. and I I sort of think that with the Vancouver Canucks right now, which is. Not that their defense is fine because Tyler Myers, Oliver Ekman Larson, you know, just mm-hmm. throwing out some names. Yeah. But um, there's got to be a way to reset that uh, relationship with uh, the goal, the goaltending and the rest of the team in the sense that. Well, the goaltending has to get healthy and back to where it was before. Right. But the 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 it's greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. When that yeah. relationship yeah. is good. Yeah. You know. So anyways, just look at Linus Allmark. Mm-hmm. Greater than some of the parts. Linus Armas a great goalie. Boston's a great defensive team. Yep, they are on an absolute and they, tear, and they get a, he gets a lot of run support too, which right. is good. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, shall we move on? Yep. Tell me what you're thinking about the trade deadline. Uh... Wait. Before you do, check out KenCampbell.substack.com for Ken and his great writing. And you can get this podcast directly into your inbox. Check us out at Hockey No Filter on Twitter at Ken underscore Campbell 27, of course, at underscore Dylan Wah. If you want some terrible hockey takes, just to, you know. <laughs> just to even it out. Even it all out. Yeah. yeah. Follow Ken and I, the yin and yang of hockey takes. Yeah. Um, Ken and me. Uh, so. <laughs> got me. Yeah, you got me. Um, so the trade deadline, I'm thinking about a few things. First of all, one thing I'm thinking about is stop complaining about the salary cap. Stop it. <laughs> it's 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 of no use. But we teams demanded it as te- a people and we're yeah. hamstringing the, the teams now. But I mean, yeah, but however, yeah, we demanded it, right? Yeah. No, but I, like I get tired of hearing GMs say, well, you know, we can't make trades because of the salary cap. Well, you know what? You guys wanted this. The NHL wanted this. They shut down the league for a year to get this. Yeah. Okay. It's not going anywhere. There's not going to be a soft cap. It's going to be a triple hard cap for as long as Gary Bettman and the owners are there. They fought so hard for this. And you know what? Like, they were exposed when Tampa went in the Stanley Cup. They were exposed on the LTIR silliness. Yeah. And it still didn't make them change anything. They're not changing anything here. Right. Right? And they wanted this. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I have no time. 
I never have any time for a GM who complains about the salary cap. I just don't. I have no time. Work within the salary cap and do what you have to do. But you know what? Your boss wanted this. The teams wanted this. You've got it. Okay. Yeah. And you're and you seem completely and utterly unwilling to change it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So okay. Why are you so, complaining to your fans? Yeah. So deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. Okay. That's the first thing. It's much like when uh, every time that a GM has complained about tampering publicly, you know, like oh that play that GM you know yeah, yeah. said that they wanted to sign blank player publicly. Every time that a GM has complained about tampering publicly, somewhat ironic that that is technically publicly tampering. Is it? Sure. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you are complaining publicly about another GM, then you are putting public pressure on that GM and on the league, which is its own form of tampering. Anyways, okay, I'm just well, saying. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just sure, saying you're you're hoist sure by your own logic, petard. But, but yeah, okay. Is what I'm trying to say. Your own guitar. Petard. Oh, petard. Okay. <laughs> Hoist by your own guitar. No, no, no. Petard. It's a it's okay, a form yes. of, of gunpowder explosive. Right, right. Right? Okay. And so if you blow yourself up, you're hoist. Okay, I don't, I don't understand anything that you just said. But. It's Shakespearean. Okay. No, not the, the part before that. But anyways. um, Yeah, I, I'm just, it just, it really, really grinds my gears to sound like an old guy when I hear the NHL teams complain about this stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I can't stand it. I agree with you. You wanted it. You got it. You got this system you wanted. You shut down the league for a year to get that system. You shut down the league for another half a year to, 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 um, to make that system even more restrictive. Yeah. So you got what you wanted, man. Deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. The only thing worse than not getting what you wish for is getting exactly what you wish for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, everybody, four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championship and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility requirements apply. And what else am I thinking? Trade deadline. Okay, well, I'm thinking about... Tell me some names that are interesting you. Well, Timo Meyer, I think, is a big one, right? Who? Timo Meyer. <laughs> a perennial 30-goal scorer for the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. And... Formerly you know, of the $1.5 million contract or whatever that yeah. ludicrous thing this was. Is, this is funny because it's it's like... This is kind of a Toronto thing because the, the whole thing in Toronto now is is, you know, do they do they make a move for him? And is it going to cost them Matthew Nyes? Like, what? <laughs> like, to me, at this point, it doesn't even matter. Like, it, it, Matthew Nyes is showing all the markings of being a very good NHL player. Right. You know? He's showing all the markings of being a very, very good NHL player. A guy who could score thirty between 30 and 35 goals 10 years in a row. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's great. But whether he becomes that, whether he becomes better than that, 
mm-hmm. or whether he's a complete washout, it's it's irrelevant. Yeah. If you have a chance to trade for what Timo Meyer is now, mm-hmm. and you're giving up what Matthew Nyes might become, it's an easy trade to make, even if you know he's going to be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Which like, you don't no, know, but, 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 but what you, but what you've done, if you've identified that Timo Meyer is the guy that comes in and he's your second line left winger, then Callie Arncroft moves down to the third line where he belongs. And Alex Kerfoot moves down to the fourth line where he belongs, thereby solidifying your top six and strengthening your bottom six. If you think that's what you need to do mm-hmm. to get, to go far in the playoffs. Oh my God. Like, and, and if you can sign him to a long-term deal. Yeah. Matthew Nyes? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Of course you do that deal. Yeah. The the Dallas Stars in the late 1990s went out and got Joe Neuendike. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know who they, you know, they, you know who they dealt away to get him, right? Yeah. Iggy. Yeah. Yeah. Jerome Gidla. Yeah. They all knew. Yeah. Everybody knew. Yeah. That Jerome Gidla was going to be a great player. Yeah. Like, nobody in Dallas was sitting there going, oh, yeah, well, he might not work out so well. No, everybody knew Jerome McKinley was going to be great. Yeah, Bob Gainey knew it. Les Jackson knew it. Craig Button knew it. Doug Armstrong knew it. Uh, you know, uh, Tim Bernhardt knew it. He everybody, had enough fighting majors to know that he's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But everybody knew that Jerome McGinley, anyone with half a brain and yeah. it could, has watched the game, knew that Jerome McGinley was going to be a very good, if not great, NHL player. Right. They knew it. All you had to do was watch the World Juniors. Yeah. You know? Okay, so, so they made that deal knowing that. They knew Jerome McGinley was going to be good. Yeah. But they needed Joe Newendike. Yeah. And what did Joe Newendike do? Let him do a Stanley Cup and won the Conn Smythe Trophy. Right. So they've got a Stanley Cup banner, just the one, in yeah. Dallas right now, that they can look at every time and go, yeah, that cost us Jerome McGinley. We get it. We understand it. We do it again. You know, Brett Hall, Hall got traded. Brett Hall got traded from Calgary to St. Louis. And the first thing Cliff Fletcher said to his staff was, if we make this trade, does everybody realize that we're going to be trading away a guy who's going to score 40 goals in the NHL? Yeah. And they realized that that, that was going to be that guy. Nobody, nobody in the world thought that he was going to be as productive as he was. Yeah. And maybe if you thought he was going to be an 80-goal scorer, 75-goal scorer, maybe you don't make that trade. Maybe you do. Maybe you still do. Right. But the point is... If you haven't been out of the first round since 2004, you know, mm-hmm. if you haven't been out of the first round since then and and you see a path to improving your team so that you can do that, Matthew Nice, seven days out of seven. Nice, nice work, Matthew Nice. You're really good. <laughs> You've been like I see on YouTube all the time, all these nice goals you're scoring. And I hope you have a great NHL career. See ya. So two things on that. One, from after Dallas's uh, Stanley Cup, how many did Calgary get? They went to Game Seven. Well, they got one. They should have gotten one. If not for a terribly blown call, they win one. That's fair with Jerome McGinley. That's fair. they win one with Jerome McGinley. But then, and <clears throat> that goes to my second question, which is how many Stanley Cups did Jerome McGinley get? Zippity doodah. Zero. Yeah. Zero and zero. Yeah. And yeah, Calgary was, Calgary was a fantastic team. Kippersoff, 
I told yeah. one of my students to watch Kippersoff highlights the other day because he keeps on letting shots kind of drift through him. And Kippersoff was the master of the of the of the fishing hook. Oh yeah, you yeah. You know where you drop backwards and you hook the puck coming. That's just kind of trickling behind you. Oh okay. Yeah. 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 Anyways, um, watch watch Kippersoff highlights and you'll see about four or five of those, right? Which are hilarious. But anyways, um, that's my first point. But my second point is is that what this is this is not the the idea that you don't want to give up knives for Timo Meyer is not the illness, but rather the, the disease. Symptom. Oh, oh, it's a symptom. Okay. Because this, the Leafs were supposed to be Stanley cup contenders for so long now that what you have is you now have a fan base looking to the future more than the present. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. Because and and I think that the Leafs could be Stanley Cup contenders again. I think they are right now. I think they are. Yeah, I I, I think they are. Like even if they make no moves at the deadline, yeah, I I would not be surprised if this team had a very long playoff run. Yeah, I also wouldn't be surprised if they lost in the first round to Tampa Bay. <laughs> right. Um. You know. But and speaking of Tampa Bay, okay, so you know they go out, they get Barkley Goodrow and Billy Coleman. Last year they go out and get Brendan Hagel and Nick Paul. And they give up a bunch of young stuff, right? Yeah. You know, Taylor Radish and all these other guys. Matthew and, Joseph. And, and, and picks and all that other stuff. Yeah. Like, trade deadline, no trade deadline, whatever. You make that trade 100 times out of 100. Yeah. You know what? You know what Nick Paul is. Right. You know? Yeah. You know what Brandon Hagel is. Of course. You know that. You know, yeah. And you know they're going to be good. Yeah. And what happens? Oh, hey, wait a minute. You go to game seven in the first round against Toronto. Guess who the hero is? Nick Paul. Yeah. That's and that's exactly it. I mean, it's always those trades. I shouldn't say it's always those trades because, I mean, when Tampa Bay got Ryan McDonough, he was a big ad. Huge. Right. And uh, I'd say he was like a a key, key, key piece in their in their two Stanley Cups. Yep. But um, so I shouldn't say it's always the small trades, but. My point is, is that Toronto, the Toronto fan base, the Toronto market right now is looking towards the future already. And, are they? I don't think but they are. I'm just saying by not wanting to give up Matthew. No, I, I just think that that that's it's that old sort of <laughs> old new age thinking that, oh, the future, the future, the future. Like sometimes the future has got to be now. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, you know, like, I mean, it would be dumb for some teams to make a trade like that, but it right. would not. But it's not dumb for the Leafs right now. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Is that they're looking towards the future when they should be looking towards right now. Mm-hmm. They've got Austin Matthews in his prime. They've got uh, Mitch Marner, Mitch in, his Marner in his prime. They've got John Tavares playing exceptionally well. He's been ridiculously good this He's year. He's been very good this year. According, you know, compared to expectation, like he yeah. might be the he might be the highest achieving surprise in the one of them in the league this year. Yeah. He's so, been so good. He's been so good. Your roster's playing well. You've got goaltending. You might have goaltending. You think you have goaltending. Okay. On uh, Evolving Hockey's goal state of expected, Ilya Samsonov is number eight. Yeah. That's ahead of Shesterkin at number nine and below Vasilevsky at number six. Yeah. So you're right there in that mix. And Matt Murray is... Oh, he's considerably lower. Well, he's falling fast. Yeah, he's falling fast. Oh, Matt Murray's 29. So... The third worst starter in the league. <laughs> you want to think about it that way, um, but uh, but my point is is that and hey, who said Samsonov was a great bet? 
Ah, uh, ah, uh, no high five coming. All right, you're okay. across the room. I'm on the other side. Yeah, of the room, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, but my my point is, is that you kind of have the goaltending. You're you're the idea of adding defense in Toronto has been stupid for like three years. They've yeah. had yeah, yeah, yeah. And last year, I mean, like last year, they got Giordano for they're fine. Nothing. They're, fine they're fine defensively. Yeah, the odd brain fart, but they're fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, they are. They're good. They're a good team. They're good. They're good defensively. They're yeah. not. They're not a terrible defensive team. No, you know. And if you've got that relationship working between your defense and your goalie, yeah, like I was talking about before, yeah, you're, you know, which I think that they do. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're sitting pretty. So, so, anyways, to me, like it's like Timo Meyer. He's got twenty eight. What's he got right now? Twenty eight goals. Oh. Uh, Close he scored, to that. He scored yeah, yeah. last night. Yeah. He scored again last night. Yeah. I'd, I'm going to guess 28. Okay. Um, what do you got? Oh, you're not looking? I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Okay. While I'm looking it up, tell me the next person that you're thinking about. Um, I'm thinking about... I'm thinking about... Guys Timo like... Meyer has 28 goals. <laughs> and 48 total points. Bingo! Uh, I'm thinking about... Guys like Luke Shen, Vladislav Gavrikov, yeah, and Joel Edmondson, and guys like that, who I I believe now are actually going to be more coveted than Jacob guys like Jacob Chikrin. And I'll tell you why. And so I'll tell why you why. And by who? Whom? By whom? That's not whom. Yes, it is. Who? You're you're using it as a object. By whom? It is by whom. Trust me, for God's sake, Dylan. Trust me. I don't think I trust you on this one, but we'll get back to it. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna get exposed here. Um. Anyways, um. Because to me, they're not the object. They're the team that's <laughs> doing the coveting. It would be whom does that team covet, but not that team is th- who that, is that player team. is coveted by whom. That's what you were saying. By whom? It's the object when it's by whom, right? You're 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 the you're way so that I, wrong. The way on that this. I remember who and you whom are so you are so is, wrong on is, this is a part of a poem that says who would do what and to whom right and yeah. that's a poem who would do what and by whom okay same thing anyway moving on we're moving on yeah uh, okay so um so to me like that that the 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 shutdown guy the stay-at-home guy, the unspectacular guy. Like, there's such a currency for that guy now, in in my opinion, because, like, everybody has puck-moving defensemen now. Yeah. Because that's what hockey is producing. That's what junior leagues and minor hockey and 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 Europe and, and everybody, they're all producing puck-moving defensemen. Mm-hmm. And like Paul, Paul Maurice said it the other day, he said, you know, back in the day, um, you know, you had maybe one puck, you had one puck moving guy, maybe two, if you were lucky and four guys who were ugly. And he said, now it's the other way around. Yeah. Now it's the other way around. You know, like, like does Edmonton need a puck moving defenseman? Does Edmonton need Jacob Chikrin? Does Toronto need Jacob Chikrin? No, they need these other guys. So I, I completely disagree. Okay. I completely disagree. Um, I think that. I, I think that, for, firstly, the reason why the quote-unquote puck-moving guys have become valuable is because, essentially, I look at the ice as this. You've got 
the space in front of the net where your stay-at-home guy is most valuable, mm-hmm. right? Your Joel Edmondson just just making someone eat every inch of lumber that you can throw at them, right? Yep. For yep. standing there. Yep. And don't get me wrong, that's fun to watch. But <laughs> um uh, but my point is, is that it's not to say that those guys aren't valuable, but uh, if you think about it this way, that accounts for like 10% of the ice. And so having a player that can play exceptionally well on the other 90% of the ice. It, that's his partner. That's his defense partner. Whoever that is, it's, that's that's the guy you pair him with. Okay, so Chikrin. Uh, oh, I need to do this as a rate. Chikrin has um pardon me oh okay chikrin is not starting much in the defensive zone he's not a defensive zone guy but which i thought he was for some reason no. listen yeah here's here's what i'm trying to get at though chikrin is in my opinion he's league average in that in front of the net area he's league average there He's fine. He's not spectacular. He's not going to shut it down, shut it out and lock it down kind of thing. Yeah. He's league average there. And he's much better everywhere else on the ice than than those other guys, those aforementioned players. Yeah. And so, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I live with that. I live with that guy being okay at that 10% and great at that 90%. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I so do. I, I do. But, but I, the best player, period. And therefore, and there, and, and. And but he's, but matter. he's, but for some teams, he's, he'd be redundant. I don't know how he's redundant on Edmonton though, because they don't. Is Tyson Berry really a puck mover? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. I think. Yeah, yeah. He's a good skater, but I don't yeah, and, know. And you've that- got Darnell Nurse, who's an everything guy, and you know you've got Cody Ceci, who's more of an offensive guy. I mean, to me, that's a team that's screaming for someone just to lock it down. So the the with Edmonton specifically. I agree with you on the idea of a Joel Edmondson type for Edmonton, but I disagree with you on the on the reasons why. The only reason why I think about that for for Edmonton is because more than anything, they need somebody who can play twenty five minutes a night. Right, because well, they regardless have, of how they, they do they it, they have one guy who can do it, but they need somebody else. Yeah, regardless exactly. of how they do it, regardless of what their big their biggest. I mean, the are. Chicago Blackhawks in twenty fifteen won the Stanley Cup with three defensemen. Yeah, Duncan Keith, uh, Brent Seabrook. And Johnny Oduya. Yeah. And, like, there were years that Pittsburgh won their Cups where Brian Dumoulin was, like, I, I I swear to God, he was just being held together with wire and tape and yeah. and a few spools of thread. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, yeah, I get it. You, you, do, you do need that guy, right? Yeah. Um, but to me, it just, it just seems to me like the whole dynamic has shifted. With respect to puck moving defensemen, like who doesn't have one now? Who doesn't have one now? Yeah, but I also you know what like, I mean. I just like what would you rather take? Would you rather would you rather like tear apart your roster and have to do all kinds of cap mechanics and three way trades to get Eric Carlson, or would you rather pick up Vladislav Gavrikov, who's on a two point eight million dollar deal that expires after this year? I'll take, okay, I'll take a, Gavrikov. That's a different. That's a different debate. Yeah, that's a different debate. I also think that the idea of puck moving defenseman versus stay at home defenseman, I think, is just like, I don't know. It's it's over. It's overly simplified. Well, as they, well they, right? they're, like, they're not mutually exclusive, right? Yeah, you can be both. Joel Edmondson is very underrated at his first pass. Yeah, the way that he gets the puck, looks around, takes a look, or has already taken a look, oftentimes before he even gets that puck. Yeah, takes a look, makes that first pass. 
I think that that would be very valuable on Edmonton. And and there's no there's also no there's also a premium on guys who can get the puck out of your zone, right? Right. Right. So, but that's what I consider a puck moving defense. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. A so they, they are player. guys. They are guys who send you into transition instead yeah. of you know send you into a fire drill because they put it up the boards and some guy cut it off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That somebody that handles the puck like a live grenade. Right. Yeah. 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 So, I uh, I think that I think that Edmonton's a good fit in Edmonton. Yeah, he uh, went Edmondson and Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although, uh, so my question is, because there was a rumor about this for a while floating around Twitter, not a very substantiated one, but a rumor that the cost for Edmondson, it's stupid. I know it's stupid, but well, I'm just curious what you want to say. Well, look at Ben Sherrod, David Savard. Like that, was that, Paul Yarvian a first? Yeah. You think that that's the cost for Edmondson? It might be. Look what, look what, look what. Florida gave up for Ben Sherratt. Look what look what Tampa gave up for David Savard. Like you're looking at a, at multiple picks and and maybe a prospect. Yeah. You know, you think that that's going to happen again? I don't know. Like every I, year, I, I'm I waiting th- for the actually, market to. I think, actually, I think it's 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 like you know. What I mean, for the puck movers, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But to me, like when you are one away from one defense depth defenseman away from being a Stanley Cup team. And you need that guy, then you know. Obviously, you're going to be willing to pay for him because teams have done it. Mm-hmm. Teams have already done it. Yeah. You know what was David Savard? What, what was David Savard? Oh, David was like a he was like a first, a second, and a third, or something crazy like, like, like come that. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And then and then and 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 Sherratt was a a, a non lottery protected first, <laughs> uh, a prospect. Yeah. That's playing college hockey, and I can't remember his name. Yeah. And so, something else wasn't like it? Justin Barron was the prospect. No, He's no, not. that was that was the Lekkonen trade. Oh, that's right. That was oh, Lekkonen. That was Lekkonen. So many trades last year yeah. to keep uh, keep track mm-hmm. of in that. Uh, yeah, and all of them playing in the NHL right now. Every single one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> seemingly at least. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I guess the, to me, I look at Jacob Chikrin is the best defenseman available, and you think about a guy like Jordy Ben playing on the Leafs right now. Right. Jordy Ben uh, was traded for Greg Patteron by the Montreal Canadiens. Greg Patteron has been traded for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But my but my point is, is that when when Jordy Ben was traded, he was already like 29 or something like that. And Greg Patteron was like 26. And I thought it was like a dumb trade at the time. But Jordy Ben played exceptionally well, shut down kind of guy. My my and he's still doing it at a respectable, reasonable level, doing that stay at home, shut down. Right. Right, you know, not every game. Not every game because he doesn't play every game. No, right? he doesn't. Yeah, but he's still doing, and so that's why I'm just like, I'm like, why would you, if you weren't able to address that need in the off season for a league minimum contract on a Jordy Ben type guy, then why would you be giving up your first plus? Because I think you're getting more than that. Like Jordy Ben doesn't play every game. You want a guy yeah. who's going to play every game, but is going to play either in your second pairing or your third pairing. And it's going to kill penalties and it's going to be out there when, you know, when you got a one goal lead in late in the game. Yeah. You know, that that's what you're looking for. And I'm not sure Jordy Ben's that guy anymore. Not no, on, he's, not he's on not a regular quite, basis. He's not that guy but anymore. But Vladislav Gavrikov is. Correct. You know? Yeah. I mean, th- those guys are. Yeah. And, and so I, I just think it's interesting. I just think it's really interesting that, you know, 
not more than five years ago, everybody needed a puck moving defenseman at the trade deadline. Oh, we need a puck mover. Yeah. Now, like, like I haven't, I can't even think of a team that needs a puck mover. That's good. Yeah. I, I'm sure there are teams, but like everybody has them now. I guess what I'm saying is that finding a Neanderthal to kill penalties in front of your net, it should be. The easier, easier than thing. it is. Yeah. It should be the easier thing to do. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Joel Edmondson is that Neanderthal because, like I said, he's got a great first pass. Luke Shen is not necessarily that Neanderthal. Like, lost in this discussion is that those guys have puck moving abilities, right? Lost in this discussion is that Jacob Chikrin, if he wants to end somebody's life in front of the net, he'll end somebody's life in front of the net. I don't know that he will. I don't if know he that he wants will. to. But I don't think he's ever going to have that mentality. He doesn't, he doesn't, not, not in a, not in an overt way. Jacob Chikrin was a man in midget hockey. Right. Like he was, he was a, like he would have, he could, when he was played for the junior Canadians in his midget year, he could have walked into an NHL dressing room, taken off his shirt and nobody would have batted an eye. (laughs) Like, yeah, but, but he's just, he's just not that kind of player. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So anyways. Uh, Anyone else you want to talk about in the trade deadline? No, not really. No. Or is it, was there somebody else that we no, talked about? No, yeah. no, no, we just... Uh, oh, yeah, I think we've talked enough about that. We've got like, oh my God, we've still got like four or five weeks till the stupid thing, right? Yeah, when well, is it, is, March? Preliminary when thoughts. is it, March 2nd? What is it? What day is it? I never remember these things. Somebody just asked me if I wanted to do something Easter weekend and I forgot what month that was in. It's so, usually April, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm... <laughs> Whoops, sorry. Sorry about man? that. Sorry about that. <laughs> No, I think I think we basically covered it. Okay. I think we basically covered it. Any thoughts as to what a team like Tampa Bay might do? What can they do? There's very little. There's very little they but can they've, do. They've I, you know some... what? You know what? I would not be surprised if Tampa goes, let's re- repatriate Luke Shen. Yeah. You know? Let's get Luke Shen back. Yeah. You know, that's that's that would be the kind of deal that they could that they could do, you know? Um at this point, if you're the Florida Panthers, are you adding? Oof. Don't you have to just let things settle at some point? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe add a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> add a goalie. That's How what I was going to say. You know who would be a great that? goalie for them? <laughs> Sam Samuel Montembeau. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh best goalie in the league for goals above expected and played a stellar game last night against yeah, the Yeah, he was really Bulls. good. He was really good. I, I couldn't turn that game off. Because he just he was making that into such a such a contest. Yeah. There were just so many great games last night. Last night was a it was a good hockey night. So last night, let's put that into context. Last night was Tuesday, June twenty, January twenty fourth, right? That's the one. Yeah. yeah, not June. There were like ten games. Five of them went into overtime. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh and. Pittsburgh and Florida, nobody could stop anything. It was just, but it was really weird. Like, they're just so, sort of weird plays happening all over the ice and pucks yeah. bouncing off of people and everything. It was just, it was just a strange, strange game. But why, oddly compelling. Why is Florida always that team that uh, just seems to make the biggest bonehead moves every once in a while? So, like, let's go back to the expansion draft for the Vegas Golden Knights. Two-thirds of their top line were Florida Panthers. One of them, I think it was March or so, was given up so that the the, the, the Knights wouldn't take someone else. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. their head coach was a Florida Panther. Right, right. Now, last year, Florida squeezes out Sam Montembeau, who they originally had high hopes for, 
and loses him to waiver on waivers to the Montreal Canadiens. Not last last year or the year for, before. For whom they originally had high hopes. Correct. Yeah. For whom they originally had high hopes. Yep. Okay. And uh, loses him on waivers because of their signing of Abrovsky and bring Spencer Knight up very quickly. Right. Quicker than they than anybody originally thought. Well, yeah, but at the time, I think everybody thought Spencer Knight was ready. Yeah, no, he looked it, it ready. It turns out he probably wasn't. He looked turns ready out he for probably a while. Wasn't. He, wasn't, he wasn't ready for this year. Well, for this season, he was be? not ready for this season. So there's there's your big goaltending gaffe. And now Sam Montembeau yeah. is, and, and you've got $11 million, $12 million tied up in those two goalies. I yeah. mean, one, and one yeah. of them's a league minimum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or one yeah. of them's yeah. an entry yeah. level, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. got $12 million tied up in two goalies. Yeah. And, uh, and, or 11, I should say, 11 million. And Sam Montembeau's in the top 10 for best goalies in the league right now. You lost him he on He really waivers. is, eh? Like, he's, the, he's that good this year? Yeah. Wow. So. I was just. And then, of course, now we go to the unprotected first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So, to your point about Florida, when do you just sort of settle down and say... Yeah, like, like, yeah, like I, I just think that, you know, I mean, you need time to figure out what you are. And, I mean, this year has been strange. It's been a big year for adjusting. You know, they, yeah. ha- they have gotten terrible goaltending. Their penalty kill has been awful. Yeah. They are starting to play better. You know, and you see if you can kind of slip into that, you know, that final spot. I'm not sure you can, but if you do, you're going to have to overtake probably Pittsburgh or Washington. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I I agree. Let the dust settle. Take take a year off. This is like the uh, the you know like. When, when Homer's like, okay, like try not to do anything stupid. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, just like take yeah, the year yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. If you make the playoffs, great. And then maybe you've got an idea of what you are for next year. If you don't, screw it. Right. Yeah. Take the year off. Uh, can you, but can you like say they're so screwed cap wise? Another one. Wow. Like I'm not sure you can't. You can keep like Anthony Duclair. Yeah. Like once he comes off of. Off of LTIR, yeah, he's got, he's got the Achilles thing. So, and Could we saw, be a while. And, we, and we saw what that what coming back Max early Pacioretty. did to Max Pacioretty. But, yeah. So maybe he doesn't come back this year. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was just so sad to see for Max Pacioretty. That really was. That yeah. was. That was. It wasn't tragic, but it was very, very disappointing. He's one of those guys that you root for in the league, and and you saw it, and you went, he's done. Yeah. He might be done, 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 done. Oh, that's just so unfortunate. It really is. Yeah. 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 Um, any other teams that might be interesting? Like, it's, oh. it's always those teams. I know I'm actually, we're now over time, but it's always those teams in the, what are you looking up at the heater to see what time it is? No, I'm looking up at the heater to see if you can turn it off. It's, I'm friggin' catching a tan in here. <laughs> it's the Executan 7000. Like, it's like snowing like, like crazy outside and I'm sitting here. <laughs> Sweating my <laughs> whatever off. <laughs> I think we all know what I I'm sweating I think we off. all know where the... <laughs> as soon as you leave, I'll be like, what's this on your chair? <laughs> oh, no! Oh! Oh! <laughs> uh, uh, Man, it smells those... like craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's my big hot take. Eh? I know you hate craft beer. Yeah, it's... it's Tastes like bag sweat. Yeah. All right. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Um, other teams in, the, in that middle range 
Like we've already talked about Edmonton. We've yeah, already talked yeah. about Florida. Oh God, let's not talk about the trade deadline anymore. Like I said, we got like five weeks before it's, it's going to be hashed and rehashed and talked about so much. All right. So let's, yeah, I mean, let's, let's, I, I don't, I'm not adverse to talking about it every week leading up to the trade deadline, but let's not, Limited. let's not empty our quiver now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to get out of here? Uh, do we have anything else we need to talk about? Yeah. Did anything else happen in the league? Anything interesting? Mm-hmm. We never talked about Matt Boldy signing or did we? We didn't was, talk about was, the Matt Boldy signing. That was a cool signing. Is that, that seven by seven or something? Yeah, like that? seven times seven. Yeah. And I mean, now you're seeing it, right? Even though the guy hasn't, like, you, you, you know, when you sign that deal, you're thinking he's going to be David Pasternak, right? Right. Because his numbers actually right now are very close to what Pasternak's were as a, as a young player. Yeah. So then you're hoping he outperforms the deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he probably will. He's a good player. I mean, like, what's, not to say, not to sound flippant, but like, what's seven million bucks anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is flippant. <laughs> no, but you, you hear what I'm saying? For the Minnesota Wild? Yeah. Well, it's not the money, it's the cap space. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You got, well, you got one more year of, of of that of Parise and Suter, Sutter, yeah, Suter. I think me. I think you have more. I think you have more. Than uh, no, it goes down significantly after next year. You have more years, but next year is is okay. the one is the bad one. Yeah, next year is the one where you just get kicked yeah. right in the pills. This year and ne- and next year are where the two really bad ones. Then it goes down again. Yeah, dead cap Zach Parise. Yeah, yeah. Next year there it's twelve point seven million. No, 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 no. Oh no, it's twelve point seven million this year. Fourteen point seven million each of the next two years. Oh, I thought it was going and then, down. And then it goes year. down in twenty five, twenty six. It goes down to one point seven. Wow! Well done. <laughs> like, like, like that's uh. How do you? How are they even competitive now? Still, like that's incredible. Yeah, like good on Bill Guerin. Like, Somebody's got to hire. Well, team is still competitive. Good on Bill Guerin. I mean, he's the one that bought out the contract. Well, yeah, and he saw he saw that there was that he had to do it. Yeah, fair. You enough. know, um, yeah, I guess. So, yep, I guess could have sent him to Lupul Island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Robida Island. Robida Island. Robida well, Island, they're kind of yeah. both. They share the island, right? It's like ah, yeah, but you don't. You can't send guys like them to. Robita Island because Ryan Suter, you're going to say, yeah, you're not going to play. And Ryan Suter is going to say, pound sand. I'm not playing. Ryan Suter is born to play hockey. He wants to play every minute of every game. <laughs> he would be happy if he could play all 60 minutes of every game. Yeah. He ain't, he ain't buying into, oh yeah, I have a rash or I have a, you know, I have a owie in my foot. No but wasn't way. that the he's story playing. with Lupo? Lupo wanted to play and they were like, nah, he's out of shape. He's not, he's not, he can't, can't play, he's I out of shape. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, yeah. no, no, I'm in good shape. Like, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's like the Monty Python. I'm not quite dead yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you give me a hand here? He will be in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And almost dead is still slightly alive. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Princess Bride. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. <laughs> Check out KenCampbell.substack.com. Ken Check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter at Ken underscore Campbell27. Of course, at underscore Dylan Wah. Don't be afraid to leave us a review, especially if you're going to say something really, really nice. And we'll talk to you next week.